Guys, shrimp spaghetti with a kick is what we're gonna make. You guys know that HelloFresh makes cooking dinner easy, fun, and affordable? Let's do this. Everything is already pre-packaged, pre-portioned, so you guys have no food to waste. HelloFresh is so good, you guys. Me and Des have it every other night, and it's absolutely delicious. They have 50 different kind of menu options, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options. So HelloFresh makes it super flexible to skip a week, change delivery dates. You can customize your meals super easy. You guys, look at this. We got this done in less than 20 minutes. Okay, let's try it out. Cheers. There's Sometimes. no way I made that at home. So delicious, you guys. Use code YouTube16FM for 16 free meals and free shipping, plus three surprise gifts. I just want to rent a car and go, you know? I do know. And I think I can help you with that. Really? You are going in an electric vehicle to Denver, baby! Let's go! What is happening here?
hello everyone, welcome to tonight's podcast, Willie Nathan's Extreme 411 Podcast, Hollywood Edition, the spotlight, as always, every Tuesday night is your number one source for primetime, daytime, big screen movies, video games, and so much more, right here on Nathan's Spotlight, my spotlight, so now we have a lot to get into, of course, with top stories, uh, recaps on daytime, spoilers on daytime, also discussions on certain TV shows also that are on streaming too, especially ones that are coming back on TV, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks. So without any further ado, also, yes, also only f- uh, forget, uh, we're going to have exclusive movie review on a movie that came out a couple of weeks ago from Netflix. So be on the lookout for that tonight. And with that, let's get into our top stories. Now, the first top stories that we're going to get into tonight uh, revolves around the recent, um, uh, you know, situation going on right now with Sports Illustrated, where certain people have been let go and uh, they have been let go, fired, released from the uh, the company, and you know, after a lot of controversy here and there. And for more information, let's bring in Sports World's very own Ryan Kennel. Take it away, Ryan. Sports Illustrated used to be one of the most respected names in sports, going back to decades and decades worth of Sports Illustrated magazines, and then, of course, evolving to the online era where you had SportsIllustrated.com and articles coming out there. A lot of very reputable sports journalists even got their start there or desired to end up at Sports Illustrated. That has all gone downhill because as we've seen, whether it's ESPN or whether it's something like Sports Illustrated, when a sports company, a company that covers sports, decides to embrace social justice and identity politics, almost always they will suffer for it. And in the case of Sports Illustrated, it looks like everyone has just lost their jobs and it may be over for the brand entirely. Breaking, the entire staff of Sports Illustrated will be fired. It appears that SI is done, been one hell of a run, many people's childhoods are gone. And yes, these are the the headlines that are out there. Sports Illustrated's entire staff told their jobs have been eliminated after Authentic Brands revokes license to publish. So Authentic bought the, the right to publish Sports Illustrated several years ago, that's what that's about. Union vows to fight for every one of our colleagues. We'll see how that works, but yes indeed. The same people that have embraced identity politics and social justice and pushed in their magazines, they also got in hot water for the use of AI to write articles. That was a big controversy that popped up just a few months ago. And of course, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, very well-known, very popular. You know, the most beautiful women in the world used to strive to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. They wanted to be in that magazine. That is no longer the case because now what we've seen over the past few years is acceptance. We've seen a bunch of fat fucks on the cover of this. We've seen trans people. We've seen literal men on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Edition pretending to be women. All of that combined apparently means that Sports Illustrated has been a lost cause and they are done. Publisher of Sports Illustrated lays off magazine's entire staff. The owner of Sports Illustrated has ended the employment of the publication's entire staff, leaving the very existence of the nearly 70-year-old magazine in doubt. The licensing group that owns the sports mag has terminated its agreement with the Arena Group to continue publishing the magazine three weeks after Arena missed a $2.8 million payment, a deficit that breached the magazine's licensing deal, according to front office sports. Weird. 
that social justice woke bullshit isn't very profitable. I can't imagine why. An email announcing the decision says in part, we were notified by Authentic Brands, a license under which the Arena Group operates the SI brand has been officially revoked by ABG. As a result of this license revocation, we'll be laying off staff that work on the SI brand. Some employees will be terminated immediately and paid in lieu of applicable notice period under the union contract. Employees with the last working day of today will be contacted by the People team soon. Just an absolute nightmare. But again, it, 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 it all goes down the same path. When you embrace social justice, identity politics, woke agenda, pandering, all this bullshit, and you decide to change who your brand actually is, shouldn't be surprised if people walk away. And, and I think it's pretty definitive. Sports Illustrated looks like they are done. After nearly seven decades, the Sports Illustrated brand has been completely and totally destroyed and it looks like everyone is losing their jobs. What do you guys think about this? Let me know in the comments section below. Smash a like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell for notifications, share this video out there, and I'll talk to you later. And, and that was Ryan Kennel from Sports Wars talking about Sports Illustrated being done and people getting let go, and it's always unfortunate when other people lose their jobs. But I do think Ryan makes a very fair point. I think ever since we started getting... Um, how should I say this? Ever since we started getting, I think, a little bit more woker, a little bit more political, you know, it feels like certain things cannot be funny anymore. And Sports Illustrated was the uh, go-to for all your sports when it comes to basketball, football, hockey, tennis, you name it, it was right there. If there were things in Sports Illustrated you would, that you would read to find out about certain things, certain teams and athletes that would make you go, Hmm, I didn't know that. Hmm, that sounds very interesting, very intriguing. And, um, you know, at the same time, like I said before, it's very uh, unfortunate this is happening, but times are changing, and I do feel that Sports Illustrated is not what it used to be in, anymore, unfortunately. And so, um, will it be saved? I don't think it will be. Not after what has just happened, and with you know, the times changing and shifting towards something that I think will not get a lot of people involved of reading Sports Illustrated anymore, unfortunately. But with that, guys, let's move on to our next top stories. And the, uh, the ratings for um, the Emmys are out, and they have hit an all-time low. And um, you want to know, and the question we must ask is, well, why have they went low? Well, Again, here's Ryan Kittle from RK Outpost discussing all about it. For sometimes that Hollywood Awards season was once a highly anticipated event that people would gather around their televisions, that tens of millions of people would tune in. Sometimes 30, 40, 50 million people at one point tuned into the Oscars just to see all the Hollywood elites, all the stars on the red carpet, what they're wearing, and of course, to see who won which award. That is no longer the case because now we see the exact opposite. Every time these Hollywood award shows come out and the woke elites pat each other on the back and tell normal people how to live their lives, push their propaganda, their identity politics, whatever, Whatever it may be, normal people are done with it. And after the disaster that was the Golden Globes, where, you know, you saw the mainstream media try to spin this thing without providing actual context, Golden Globe ratings up 50% with 9.4 million viewers on CBS. That's omitting the fact that it changed from a Monday to a Sunday, 
and also omitting the fact that a big-time NFL game led into this broadcast, which had 22 million people watching, and they only got 9 million to stick around for the award show. Omitted a couple things there to try to spin it in a good way. Nevertheless, the interest level was not where it used to be for that show, and now there's no possible way that they can spin something like this. TV ratings, Emmys fall to another all-time low. That's right, the Emmys were actually on last night. And this award show didn't have the benefit of, you know, 20, 25 million people watching a nationally televised NFL game leading into the broadcast. They had to do it all on their own, and you see the result. Emmy catastrophe. Viewership plummets 27% to record low of 4.3 million viewers. Weird how that works, right? When you don't have all these advantages, when you can't use this excuse or that excuse, you just have to see how many people you can actually attract. And this is the result. Did you miss the Emmy Awards on Monday? You're not alone. The Emmy Awards was a ratings catastrophe, drawing a record low, record low in history. Keep in mind, 10, 15 years ago, you had between 15 and 20 million people watching this on a fairly consistent basis. Now you get 4.3. While the final tally could rise slightly, the evening represents an unqualified disaster for Emmy producers who are hoping for a comeback following the pandemic. The 2023 nominees were dominated by prestige titles with relatively little mass appeal. The Emmy Awards drew 4.3 million, down 27% from the less than 6 million who tuned in on NBC. The last time the award show aired on Fox was in 2019 when it garnered 6.9 million viewers. When the Emmys aired on a Monday, which it did again on a Monday in 2018, it attracted slightly more than 10 million viewers. And I gotta be honest, I didn't even see too many, you know, little clips or whatever going viral from this of people's speeches, whatever. I did see one, and that was RuPaul's drag race. When RuPaul went up there to accept it for, you know, his drag race bullshit, all that stuff, he could, of course, could not help talk about drag queen story hour, making sure it's very important that, you know, 50-year-old men dressing as women, if, if they want to talk to your children, you have to let them. Listen to this bullshit. If a drag queen wants to read you a story at a library, listen to her because knowledge is power. And if someone tries to restrict your access to power, they are trying to scare you. So listen to a drag queen. We love you. Thank you. Unless they tell you to get in an unmarked van or to touch them inappropriately, then probably don't listen. If someone's going in dressed like this to read five-year-old's stories, nah, you don't need to listen to a person like that. There's something wrong with that shit. But anyway, this is what you missed if you didn't tune in to the Emmys, I think hosted by Anthony Anderson this time. An all-time low. No NFL lead-in to help them mask the disaster that it actually was to try to fudge the ratings, to help them benefit from that. Nothing like that. Instead, they had to stand on their own two feet, and they fell on their face. Just one more indication that normal people are completely checked out of the woke entertainment industry. As if streaming failures or box office failures weren't enough of an indication, these award shows continue to be an absolute embarrassment. Let me know your thoughts about all this in the comments section below. Smash a like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell for notifications, share this video out there, and I'll talk to you later. So that was Ryan Kellen from RK Alpo was talking about how the Emmys have hit an all-time low in the ratings that came out. And for me, it's really no surprise. Um, I do think that when it comes to the Emmy shows, you know, certain people are not watching anymore for different reasons. And I think putting it on a Monday instead of having it on a Sunday or on the weekends 
uh, is a mistake. If you have it on the weekends, people will most likely watch. But even if that even was on a Sunday, I would have to question if you know the ratings will go up, or they go down, or will they be in the middle? I think the ratings would probably be most of all uh, in the middle because there's a lot of disinterest uh, when it comes to people who want to watch the uh, the awards and not deal with politics and such. I disagree with Ryan a little bit on what you said about RuPaul. I mean, I don't think anything RuPaul said was wrong, but, you know, certain people just are not interested and don't want to watch or listen to what RuPaul has to say. Uh, I'm someone that respects RuPaul, what he has accomplished over the years, but I think we're now in, in a time where um, people have lost interest in watching the, uh, you know Emmys or contested shows to the point where, you know, they lose interest and either the shows get canceled or the, the networks try to salvage them by trying to do something different, which either succeeds or fails. Um, but that's what I feel about that. In our next top stories, we have other unfortunate news. If you guys have not uh, heard about it already, uh, actor Alec Baldwin has been recharged the manslaughter for killing a woman on, on a set of Rust, and they know that he lied. Uh, so with more information, here again is Ryan Kittle from RK Outpost. The tragedy occurred on the set of Rust when Alec Baldwin shot and killed Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer, and injured the director, Joel Souza. And ever since that moment in time, from the moment it happened, people have been asking questions. What happened? How did this happen? How did you get to a point where you had live ammunition on set and it ended up being pointed at someone and the trigger was pulled? And of course, Alec Baldwin, as not only the producer of the movie, but the actor who had the gun in his hand when this happened, he was at the center of a lot of controversy. He gave a ridiculous interview where he played the victim, denied ever pulling the trigger, told lie after lie. And eventually, the charges that were brought against him were dropped. Now, however, that all has changed. Like we talked about when they dropped the charges after it looked like a procedural problem from the prosecution, they made sure that they could refile these charges if the proper evidence surfaced, and that has now happened. Alec Baldwin has been charged with manslaughter. Alec Baldwin charged again with involuntary manslaughter in Rust case. The decision comes after a series of missteps by the prosecution that involved having to drop charges to reconduct an investigation in the gun that discharged. Alec Baldwin has been charged again in the fatal shooting of Rust cinematographer Helena Hutchins after a grand jury presented with a new investigation into the incident recommended indicting the actor and producer of the low-budget Western. Baldwin was charged on Friday with involuntary manslaughter by New Mexico prosecutors who initially dropped the criminal case to review new evidence suggesting the gun he was holding had been modified. The five-month investigation culminated with a forensic expert issuing a report clashing with an account of the incident from Baldwin who maintained that he did not pull the trigger on the firearm when it discharged. I know this is a long time ago. I made a lot of videos about this when it happened. The type of weapon, the type of revolver that he was using, there is no possible way that the gun could have fired without him pulling the trigger. That's just the reality. The only option would be some huge mechanical failure in the weapon itself that would be very easy to detect in a simple once-over of this weapon. That was not the case. Whether he actually just sat there and like pulled the trigger or whether he was depressing the trigger as he attempted to decock the gun, it really doesn't matter. One way or the other, that trigger was pulled by Alec Baldwin 
when the gun fired, when he fired the gun that killed one person and injured another person, and now it's finally going to go to, tr to criminal trial. Baldwin faces a sentence of 18 months in prison if convicted. It remains unknown if he'll be arrested. Now, if you remember, so many things, whether it was the assistant director who handed him the gun to begin with, whether it was the armor, the inexperienced armorer, and it sounds like nobody gave a shit about any type of safety regulations on set. We heard so many things come out about this. But the, the truth is, the prosecution initially messed up their shit. They had to drop charges with the idea that they could, if they got the evidence, recharge him. That is exactly what's happening. Now, whether you think it meets the requirements for involuntary manslaughter, we think it was reckless enough to do something like that, that's a question that will be answered in court. We'll see what happens with Alec Baldwin, but certainly not the news he wanted. After he did everything he can by, you know, giving a whole bunch of money to people, by essentially paying off Helena Hutchings' family by making them producers on Russ, going forward and continuing with the movie and finishing filming of that movie, which at some point in time will come out. Either way, Alec Baldwin, that trigger finger was a little too happy. He did pull the trigger. That's what the new evidence is showing. And now Alec Baldwin is facing the ramifications of those lies. Let me know your thoughts about all this in the comments section below. Smash a like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell for notifications, share this video out there, and I'll talk to you later. So, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot has happened, and it's not good news for Alec Baldwin, like Ryan says uh, in this video, because when it comes to something like this, you know, when I first heard about it, I was shocked. When more of the details started to come out, I asked myself, is... Alec Baldwin, was he being too negligent of not taking this seriously and thought that nothing bad would happen when he had the weapon, when it was given to him, uh, when it was put in his hand by uh, Helena Hutchins? Um, you know, and, you know, there, are people, there, there, were, there were rumors from this saying that Alec Baldwin had cut corners, avoided safety meetings, and reportedly did not allow the armorer onto the set to the last minute. He also ignored the safety warnings from said armor, and you know she was responsible for handing him a loaded gun. But whoever brought live ammo onto set was also responsible, and he is ultimately responsible for negligence in production, considering he ignored the safety meetings. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Um, oh yeah, also it's also negligence that he didn't even make attempt to check the weapon he was handed to see if it was loaded or not. You know, it doesn't matter if you're an actor or a movie set and the weapon you're handed was loaded. Check to recheck with multiple people. You check a weapon you handed before you do anything with it. Uh, and, you know, he faces 18... He faces um, 18 months of convicted for involuntary manslaughter. And, you know, here in California, it would not shock me if, uh, if this just gets thrown out or gets dismissed altogether because there were rumors that there was a political, uh, a political agenda going on to nail out Baldwin when it comes to, um, you know, um, when it comes to the case itself. And I think this was charged in not California, but uh, I think in New Mexico. So again, it might get, um, you know, it might get a. Um, it might get thrown out. Who knows? It might not. But not good news for Mr. Alec Baldwin. Uh, he messed up. If he, if he, you know, if he lied, and that's not good for him at all.
Um, hopefully, in the end, though, the family of Helena Hutchins can, you know, be able to grieve and process, or still grieving and processing this unfortunate tragedy um, where someone lost their lives, unfortunately. So, uh, let's move on to our next top stories. Let's see here. Next top stories. This time, uh, let's move away from Ryan Kennel. Let's go to Sherelle's World. And for those of you who um, are not a big fan of pastors, well, this pastor right here is someone who um, is not very well known, uh, except for in a certain community. So I'll just let Sherelle's World take from here and explain to you guys what is going on. Because when you guys hear hear about it, it'll make your jaws want to drop. So, um... So with that being said, guys, uh, here is Sherelle's World, unveiling the dark secrets of down-low down low married pastor Ricky Scott. And talk about Pastor Ricky Scott of East Street, Peter's Mission Baptist Church in Abbeville, Mississippi. Now, according to the rumors, he's been sleeping with everybody in the church, both men and women. Now, how weird is it? We were just talking about this yesterday. And what I said yesterday is, please do not trust any preacher automatically just because he has a title. There is nothing wrong with asking questions. Now, some people took this the wrong way. They thought I meant, like, don't believe in religion anymore or don't believe anything the pastor says. I, I didn't say that. I said, if something doesn't feel right, you are obligated to ask questions. Because me personally, I feel uncomfortable giving you 10% of my paycheck, and I don't know what you're doing with the money. I mean, after all, you could be buying pampers and car seats for the side piece baby. And maybe the first lady of the church has no idea that there is a side piece baby. And I would not, people, want to get entangled in that mess. But that isn't the case here. The first lady knew all about it, so she claims. Now this all happened on Sunday, where Pastor Ricky Scott was giving the sermon, and standing right beside him was his wife, Sharon Scott. And he was sitting there giving his sermon like he does every Sunday. Then all of a sudden, the doors busted wide open, and here comes the side piece. And her name is Yulana Beavers. Now, she's been attending this church since 2019. Anyway, she busts through the doors, and here she comes with an attitude because she's upset because she's pregnant by the pastor. So what does she do? Instead of confronting the pastor, she turns to Sharon, the first lady. They say she charged at the first lady twice while yelling, this is his baby. He got me pregnant. <laughs> broke loose would be an understatement. Did you see people whipping out their cell phones or recording it and others were trying to break up the confrontation? Everybody was up in arms except for the pastor. He was just standing there like he had nothing to do with this mess. And let me tell you people, he knew exactly what was going down because Yolanda had been on him all week about when was he going to tell his wife. And I'm thinking he must have already told her or she's just used to him 
cheating on her because after they got Yolanda out of the church, the damnedest thing happened. Sharon took to the mic and started defending Pastor Ricky, her man. Straight up Tammy Wynette style. Stand by your man. You have a pastor. Because we have this, this saying in our hearts and in our minds that he's supposed to be the example for the church, right? We, he's supposed to be perfect for the church because his knowledge of the scripture tells us that don't follow, right? But that's not true. God said all have fallen short. All have fallen short of his glory. Nobody is perfect. We don't know what God has for us. But we know that we're going to try to do it together. Now, I'm not going to even try to dog her out, people, and call her dumb or anything like that. It's obvious she's been living this way for a while. And she must be happy with it because she's choosing to stay. Who knows? She might even be a pro at blocking her feelings out and just accepting the side pieces. Anyway, more trouble came her way. In the aftermath, it became known that he was sleeping with three other people. And one of them included the associate pastor. His name is Jeremy Derrick Gibson, and he went by the nickname BJ. Now, I don't know about you, but huh? What? So now you're sleeping with other women in the church, you've gotten one of them pregnant, and to top it off, you're on the down low. And not only are you on the down low, you're on the down low with BJ, who's the associate pastor of the church. What? This is too much for me, people. Just too much for me. I understand Sharon might not think this is a big deal, and you guys might not think it's a big deal, but for me, it's too much. And I learned that it was too much for the other board members. They ended up firing him. This is what the church put on their website. This is the announcement from East St. Peter MB Deacon Board. Pastor Ricky Scott has been terminated by the church as of Monday, January 8th, 2024 at 6.50 p.m. Child, they even put down the time, okay? The church has no affiliation with Building for Future or Pastor Ricky Scott. Now, as of now, we don't know what happened to the associate pastor, the one that goes by the name BJ. But according to the rumors, he's probably dealing with his wife and four children. This is messy, 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 messy. Now, Sharon already said she was going to stand by his side during the cheating, but what about the unemployment? That's where I would draw the line. I mean, he's out here being a whole thought and now a broke thought at that. And what about Pastor BJ? Should he be fired also? Or is dealing with his alleged wife and four children punishment enough? Because you ain't on the down low anymore, BJ. I'm telling you, these church members gossip more than anybody I know. The word is out. You're on the down low. And the side piece, what do we feel about Yulana? Are we mad at her for trying to out the fact that she's pregnant? It's just a mess, people. It's just a mess. Please don't look to me to try to sort this out because I don't know. My feelings are all over the place. Let's just go ahead and sort it out down in the comment section. Until next time, bye for now. And that was Sherelle's world. I'm really in the dark secrets of down low... Mary Pastor Ricky Scott, and this is something that happens in certain churches around the country, and even sometimes outside the country and the other countries as well. Uh, and first off, this pastor should be, you know, ashamed of himself and our church members as well for what's been going on around that church. 
And honestly, he should not be a pastor. And being unfaithful on his wife and the congregation who is sleeping with him too, or just as wrong as a pastor. You know, um, that video uh, on Instagram the other day, or, that, or what you just heard or saw just now, uh, I feel it was the wrong place, the wrong time for the woman who did it to do it in a church of all places where, you know, it's God's house. And I don't, I don't think God will not be pleased with with uh, what she did, but I can understand I can understand why because she wanted to, you know, call him the pastor out and tell her side of the story. But the problem with her saying that he shouldn't be expected the wife, or the pastor's wife, the problem with her saying that he shouldn't be expected to be perfect, you know, that we've all fallen short of the glory. Well, of course that is true, but here's a kicker, you know, but. Is that when you're in the type of position, even the Bible says that you're going to be held to our standard, and when we know better, we're supposed to, be, to do better. Definitely when it comes to pertaining to the Bible, Christianity, and leadership, and everything else. Uh, you know, and again, I hope that the people who were affected by this pastor and his wife uh, are able to heal and able to move forward uh, with their lives. As far as Pastor, uh, what's his name? Pastor Ricky Scott. I hope he never becomes a pastor again in any other church. I hope that all churches reject him and his wife if they ever come across other churches across the country or outside of the U.S. Okay, and our last top story for tonight uh, is Oliver Stone. Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Oliver Stone, the world's most self-serious director, and talking about the Barbie movie, but what he's being said was taken out of context. So with that, let me play this clip from the AV Club, and Oliver Stone talking about uh, the Barbie movie and him not being a quote-unquote fan of it, also has other thoughts on the movie John Wick, Chapter 4. Oliver Stone has some thoughts on Barbie and so much more. Hey, I'm Peter Scoble, and this is an AV Club Newswire. It turns out Oliver Stone, the world's most self-serious director, is not a fan of the Barbie movie. In an interview with the British newspaper City AM, the Oscar-winning director had some notes on Ryan Gosling's appearance. Ryan Gosling is wasting his time if he's doing that shit for money. He should be doing more serious films. He shouldn't be a part of this infantilization of Hollywood. Now it's all fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Also, Stone says he watched John Wick 4 on a plane and thought it was entirely too long, claiming he fell asleep 778 times while watching it, adding, quote, I kept waking up and having to face him killing more people. It's like the world has degenerated into non-logic. To be fair, this is Oliver Stone we're talking about, so all of these hot takes track. For all of your film and TV needs, tap into theavclub.com. So uh, you've heard that from the AV Club, and here's the article from Yahoo.com. It says, Oliver Stone apologizes for annually judging Barbie before seeing it, saying he's appreciated the film for its originality. And it says here, Oliver Stone, this is about the criticism he expressed about Barbie early last summer before the film came out, and in a stand released Monday night, apologized for speaking innerly about the Gregorik film. In June, while speaking to the City AM about his documentary Nuclear Now, Stone was asked somewhat jokingly if he'd be willing to direct Barbie 2. 
calling the idea ridiculous, Stone said that Ryan Gosling is wasting his time if he's doing that for money. He should be doing more serious films. It should be part of this infantilization of Hollywood. Now it's all fantasy, 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 including all the war pictures. Fantasy, fantasy, even the Fast and Furious movies, which I used to enjoy, have become like Marvel movies. I mean, how many characters can you see? These comments slipped under the radar when they were published in June 22nd, a full month before Barbara was released, in theaters of Barberheimer became a full-blown pop culture phenomenon. They were resurfaced on Sunday by Deadline, sparking a social media uproar. Noting he was very disappointed that, that Deadline published a sensationalist of concept statement he made weeks before the film even came out. Stone said that at the time I was busy promoting my nuclear documentary in Europe and little to no knowledge of the project went on its title. I was able to see Barbie in theater back in July and appreciated the film for its originality and its themes. I found the filmmaker's approach certainly different than what I expected. I apologize for speaking ignorantly, Stone continued. Greta Gerwig's 2017 film Labor was one of my favorite movies of that year. Barbie's box office greatly boosted the morale of our business, which was w welcomed. I wish Greta and the entire Bobby team good fortune at the Oscars, the statement concluded. Now that that's settled, is Oliver Stone reconsidering his reaction to the idea of directing Barbie 2? Probably not, but perhaps in a couple of years we'll enjoy a summer of, of Barbie's, uh, Barbie or uh, Stone. The post, Oliver Stone apologized for eagerly judging Barbie before seeing it, says he appreciated the film for its originality. So, uh, Oliver Stone pretty much apologized for what he had said. Um, you know, I do think he has to be a little bit careful of what he does and what he says when it comes to, uh, you know, stuff like this. Because the, the Barbie movie was, you know, it's very well done. Very well done. You know, I don't think Ryan Gosling, you know, should be doing serious films all the time. I think Ryan Gosling does great at doing serious films, also funny films, comedic films, you name it. Um, you know, and so... You know, I do feel that, you know, he should have, he should have uh, comment, you know. And so, um, you know, the thing about movies is that just like the artists that create the craft and them, they come from a variety of shapes and sizes from all walks of life with a lot of, you know, diverging uh, end games. And so, to suggest that the movies need to be made in a specific way to, or explore a, a specific uh, theme defeats the point of filmmaking it all together. You know, much like the gene pool, you need a variety of everything to survive. So, it much it too much of one thing, and you know, much uh, one thing can wipe the whole thing out overall. And so, you know, I do think that, you know, in the end of the day, um, you know, you shouldn't be. I, I don't think Oliver Stone shouldn't even be worried about, you know, what Ryan Gosling or other actors or actresses do. Uh, do, uh, you know, do something else, you know, if, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I meant to say that I don't think that, you know, Oliver Stone shouldn't even be worried about what other roles actors are taking, uh, because, you know, it's what they want to do, by the way, so, um, you know, and I do think that at the end of the day, um, you know, I think everyone should at least think before they speak, because once again, you don't want to, you know, rock the boat for, rock the boat and make things uh, more worse. The uh, movie Barbie is very well done. It's a very good movie. If you guys have not seen it, 
make sure you do when it comes out on uh, either on DVD or on streaming, you know, and, um, you know, at least Alverstone apologize. So there is that, and that will do it for our top stories for tonight. Uh, coming up next right here on In the Spotlight, My Spotlight, we are going to recap the uh, soap operas for this week, starting off with General Hospital. And uh, we're going to take a brief pause. We'll be right back on the spotlight. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, we'll be right back. father take ace maybe i should be arresting you instead did the surgery work or didn't it if carly and drew want a war they've got one general hospital on abc Homebake has dishes you can mix, match, and enjoy, already in the same oven at 425 in 30 minutes. Cleans better with fewer sheets. Charmin Ultra Strong. You're right. I should have been more careful. You warned me, and I didn't listen, and now the worst has happened, and you are the only person that I can turn to. Tell your mother everything. untouchable that he can just do whatever he wants yeah of course he does what's his mother had to say about her precious son kidnapping her grandchild oh, i actually haven't told laura yet she, she would have too many questions number one being i haven't contacted the police yet well wait no of course you can't about spencer shooting his mouth off about the old esme being back yeah which is why i went to go see spencer's great uncle cyrus cyrus will know honey do not buy into that guy's evangelizing. The gospel truth is he cannot be trusted. You know, which he proved to me himself. I was desperate and he didn't even offer any help. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Which is why I'm here. I was hoping that you might have an idea about what my next step should be. Run. When you think you're far enough away from poor Charles, Somewhere. I think you're right about me getting out of poor Charles, and as soon as I get Ace back, no one in this town is ever going to see me. No, no, honey, you can't wait that long. You've got to leave now. Without my son? 
No, never. No, you don't have a choice, Esme. You don't have any allies, baby, or anybody to help you. Me, I'm a little uh, preoccupied at the moment. It is going to go out that you got your memory back. No matter what Spencer does or doesn't do. You don't know that. Esme, think. Honey, what are you going to do? Just keep pretending that Ace is in the next room? You told me yourself Laura comes to visit him all the time. So she and Kevin are going to figure out real quick that something's up. And what are you going to do when you can't produce Ace? I hadn't thought that far ahead. Well, they're going to figure it all out. And then... They're gonna drag you back to court, stand you on trial for everything you did. Unless you want to spend the rest of your life in prison. Honey, you've got to make a break for it. Now, before it's too late. But what about Ace? Am I just supposed to abandon my child the way that you abandoned me? And welcome back to uh, General Hospital right here. I'm sorry. Welcome back to uh, William Ames Extreme Podcast in Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight. And we are going to talk about all the recent happenings in Port Charles. And yes, folks, you heard it. Uh, that conversation between Esme and Heather, where Heather, <clears throat> in the end, has adjusted to Esme to run. Because for those of you that do not know, uh, Nicholas showed up uh, last week uh, in the scenes with Spencer at the apartment and um, you know in the end Spencer gave up Ace to, to Nicholas uh, which you know I thought was a very surprising and dumb move on Spencer's part but I think he realizes that Esme is back and, and she may be able to somehow hurt uh, Ace and so, uh, with that, I, um, you know, I do feel Spencer is playing a very dangerous game. Uh, but, you know, on today's episode, not today's episode, but yesterday's episode of General Hospital, I did enjoy the scenes between uh, Spencer, Laura, and Dante where, you know, Laura consulted with Dante about legal avenues regarding Ace, but, um, you know, Dante and Spencer were going back and forth about, you know, uh, what happened. And Dante was pretty much like, maybe I should arrest you instead. And Spencer being so arrogant, so stubborn, and, you know, throwing right back at Dante pretty much threw his past with Sonny in his face to where, you know, Spencer told him, well, you covered up, you know, some of Sonny's crimes in the past. And so, you know, you know I like that from Spencer because, you know, um, it, it's, it's showing, you know, his, um, his shadiness and, you know, giving right back at Dante. And Dante may have not deserved it, but Spencer, I thought, made a very good point. I don't see Spencer getting arrested because eventually uh, Esme is going to prove Spencer and everyone else right about Esme, especially Laura, who for some reason still... Uh, feels bad for Esme, but I think for Laura, she wants to, she sympathizes with Esme because she sees herself 
in Esme uh, at her own age when Laura was at Esme's age, if that makes any kind of sense. But I, I still think it's ridiculous. Um, also, we had Tracy and Sky engaging in a battle of wits, which was a very, uh, very well done scene, very good scene between two veteran characters and two veteran actors, um, you know, <clears throat> two veteran actors between uh, Ken Schreiner and Janie Elliott. You know, the two of them are so great together, uh, you know, and I can just see the two of them tying a knot if that ever happens during this current storyline. Uh, also, we have Brooklyn Chase having a question for Gregory. And with that, let me pull up this clip right here. This clip right here. This is from today's episode of General Hospital. And, uh, you know, Chase and Brooklyn, you know, were talking while they were, you know, throwing uh, axes at the same time, which... Sounds very uh, boring, but, and again, uh, you know, I thought the conversation was very worthwhile, so let me play here a clip from today's episode of General Hospital featuring Chase and Brooklyn. How did you get so good at this? Visualization. And what are you visualizing? Oh, not much. Lucy Co. When did you turn on Lucy? I was never really a huge fan of her. I mean, she's a lot. Yeah, no question. Did I ever tell about the time that she came to the PCPD locker room when I was getting out of the shower? She checked me out and then demanded that I sing at the nurse's ball. Yeah, I remember hearing something about that. I tried to block it out. But now that you've reminded me, just another reason to visualize. I don't buy it. Buy what? You've been coexisting with Lucy for years. At work and outside of it. I'm sure you're not personal friends, but you've always been cordial with each other. What changed? She crossed the line with my grandmother. I get to Maxie's office, and there's Lucy, telling my grandmother that Luke may have been the love of her life, but that Laura was the love of his. And then she goes on to say that the reason my grandmother is alone is because she's unlovable. You have a little compassion, a little sympathy, if that's too much to ask, maybe a little basic tact, but no, not Lucy. She all but told my grandmother that she was grieving a man who never loved her, which is completely untrue. And Tracy knows that. I doubt what Lucy said hit her anywhere near as hard as it hit you. I disagree. My grandmother, she comes off tough, uncaring, even abrasive, but underneath it all, she's got a really soft heart. She's just trying to protect it. Oh, you know the worst part? There's worse. The whole thing was a con. Lucy deliberately said those hurtful things to shine a spotlight on my grandmother's loneliness so that Scott Baldwin, of all people, could swoop in and romance her. Yeah, but to what end? If I had to guess, to trick my grandmother into marriage so she'd have to pay him off with her deception shares yeah. and get rid of him. And then Scott would turn the shares back over to Lucy. Despicable, right? Not that that plan ever would have worked. I mean, my grandmother saw through those two right from the start. But no one gets to do that to her without paying a price. Except you. 
it's a totally different concept. Lucy does not deserve deception. Maxie does. Besides, I'm only scheming within the family. Same thing my grandmother would do to me. How's that? Is what I'm talking about. Who do you visualize? I'm building super. Well, what did that guy ever do to you? He still hasn't fixed our radiator. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's a little inconvenient. Inconvenient? But... You used to walk around our apartment and next to nothing. Now you're constantly wearing sweats. Talk about frustrating. Oh, poor baby. Well, maybe there's something I can do to change that. You're going to ditch the sweats? No, and risk getting hypothermia in our own apartment. Uh, but we can go to bed earlier, spend more time there together, generate body heat. Yeah, let's do that. Starting now. And that was a conversation between Brooklyn and Chase, who, by the way, I think, uh, yesterday asked Gregory if they could officiate the ceremony, and, um, you know, Gregory accepted it. But I think this could backfire in both Brooklyn and Chase's uh, faces, because, as we all know, Gregory is going through a life-altering um, medical situation where he has ALS, and, you know, it's only a matter of time before, uh, you know, Gregory will pass on, and I can just see Gregory, you know, not be able to hold together, uh, you know, um, for the ceremony, not even until it ends. I think Gregory is going to have a medical medical emergency, and eventually he will uh, die at the hospital, but I do think that's too much for Gregory to handle, and it's kind of selfish, I think, for Brooklyn Chase to ask him that question, because he has a, he has a uh, ALR sickness, so I think uh, it's going to backfire on, the, on both of them, and you know Chase, most of all, is going to have a lot of regret, especially when uh, Gregory will, will be killed off. So be on the lookout for that as well when Brooklyn and Chase do get married. Uh, also, we had Nina willing from Drew's decision of Drew firing her and letting her go, and I gotta say, I cannot stand Drew and Carly's complete and total smugness. The two of them were just unbearable yesterday on General Hospital where, you know, um, Nina is just, you know, she's just reeling from Drew's decision and have Carly, of all people, to replace her makes absolutely no sense. She does not know how to cook. She does not know how to run a business. Oh, well, she does. Metrocore and, of course, Kelly's. But Crimson? What does Carly know about fashion? If anyone that, that should be in that seat to run Crimson should be Maxie, in my opinion. Maxie should be the one that should be running Crimson. And because, you know, I think ever since uh, Connie, or should I say Kate, was able to create or brought Crimson to the forefront, I think she always has had, you know, she always wanted Maxie to be the one in charge of Crimson. And I think it's a waste of time from the current writers to not put, well, cur uh, different uh, writing regimes to not have Maxie at the helm of Crimson. So if I was writing Joe Hospital, that's what I would do. Um, but Nina, of course, is going to get her revenge. And I think that with her seeds of Valenti coming out this week, where Valenti has a proposition for Nina, I think that's going to be Valenti giving Nina his ELQ shares. That will make Nina the boss of ELQ. 
even though, but I don't think Nina would uh, be, I don't, think, I don't think she would be in charge of ELQ. I think she probably would want to give Ned an offer so that he can run ELQ, which would make Michael mad, Dante, and Carly. But at the end of the day, this is what happens when you when you fire someone. Actually, you fire someone, and I don't think she has like a. Um, I don't think there, I don't think there's anything in her contract that ha- that um, that says she can be fired unless for good reason. So. Uh, Drew and Drew doing this, making the decision, I think really uh, stinks, but it's gonna bite back. Uh, it's gonna bite uh, Drew really hard. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, also, we had Lucy trying to reassure Martin today on General Hospital. Also, Finn was anxious about his upcoming trial, which I do not care about. Uh, Curse away the test of results of his examination and. In the end, he could feel something, so Kara should be walking at some point. Also, today, Alan was worried about Jordan, who was questioned by FBI agents, but she was able to get away from them towards the end. Uh, they wanted her to back off Jordan. They wanted Jordan to, um, you know, they wanted Jordan to uh, back off on the case. Uh, let's see here. The uh, case... says here uh, yeah they wanted her to back they wanted Jordan to back off the case uh, when short uh, uh, Curtis was shot and was paralyzed and so I I did like that today at General Hospital it looks as if Jordan and Otto are gonna work together which I do like because it'll be able to you know help Otto keep her mind off the of balancing but I think eventually when uh, James Patrick Stewart comes back from uh, filming the other show for Disney, uh, Valentin and Anna will reunite unless <clears throat> something uh, changes uh, or where they want to go a different direction for the time being up until Valentin returns fully to Port Charles. And with that, guys, uh, let's go to the uh, spoilers for hospital rest of this week for the uh, the soap so tomorrow Joe hospital uh, January 24th 2024 curse is thrown curse throws a bar large party for Trina Spencer Heather opens up to Laura Kevin appears to get through to Esme Christina learns the result of her pregnancy test Spinelli accuses Cody of being interested in Maxi January 25th Thursday Laura, Dante, Chase make a Laura discovery. Sonny advises Alexis. Martin thinks he has a positive evidence that can be used in court. Jordan lists Brick's help. Robert and Diane find themselves at an impasse over Sonny. Um, then Friday, January 26, Spencer and Trina arrive in Paris. Faye takes the stand at his trial. Laura voices her regrets. Ava and Sonny make claims. Valentin has a proposition for Nina. And those are the spoilers for General Hospital uh, for this week. There are no spoilers, I believe, for uh, the next week, which is the 29th of January to the 2nd of February. And it just feels so, it feels like everything is just so fast when it comes to, uh, you know, this month, which has gone by really fast 
after you know we just brought in the new year. So let's go here. <clears throat> okay. Also, let's go through uh, comings and goings for uh, General Hospital. This is here. Okay, this is from SoberUpDigest.com for the uh, comings and goings, the latest cash changes. So General Hospital, Allie Mills, Heather Weber is still incarcerated. Heather is back on the scene this week. Crystal Rivers, Dana, a member of Finn's Michael Easton's NA group, appears January 23rd. Rivers previously played Dana in 2023. At the time, the actress who used a wheelchair wrote on Instagram, quote, I am so grateful to casting director Mark, Mark Tester for being so open to hashtag inclusion. I had given up on my dream of being so when I became disabled because I hadn't really seen anyone like me in them. Being welcomed so warmly to this incredible show by cast and crew, that have become like their own family over such seasons meant the world to me. James Patrick Stewart, Valentin Castor, and Star Dodgers' first change appearance of 2024 on January 26. Warren Sweeney, Judge Arnold, this judge presides over Finn's malpractice trial this week. Andy Tessesso, Mrs. Muldoon, the widow Sui Finn, will appear at his trial. So, uh, for this trial of Finn, it sounds pretty pointless, and of course, I am still not interested in it. Uh, so with that, guys, we're going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, we're going to get into our next soap opera, The Young and the Restless. So, stay tuned, guys. Leafcraft's real brewed iced tea using the highest quality tea leaves. No artificial flavors, nothing that doesn't make our tea better. Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Real variety, real brewed. very cruel and relentless. You had horrible lies whispered into your ears your whole life. You can't help but be a product of your upbringing. Like a broken vase. Pieces never fit back the way they should. Well, we're all a little broken, aren't we? Question is, do you want to get better? Is it even possible? After the way I was raised on lies told by a woman who lived in a different reality we are all stronger than we give ourselves credit for we just have to be brave enough to dig down to find it sometimes i think i have it i feel strong and capable brave and other times it just seems pointless exhausting 
Like, all I'll ever do is let everyone down. But you can't do it alone. Nobody can. I'm not even really doing it if I need that much help. Of course you are. And Cole and Victoria want to be there for you. They have to. They're parents, and they're good people. But what I need is someone who'll tell me the truth. Someone who knows the whole story, who can look me in the eyes and answer my question. What is your question? Am I inherently evil? Count on me to help you. Would you be willing to take me to a meeting? Absolutely. But first things first, we need to call Victor. Oh, no, please don't do that. Well, thank you for the talk and also for trusting my judgment. You're so welcome, Adelia. I hope things with Claire work out the way you want them to. They will, and when they do, you'll accept her into the family. As we agree. What's going on? Has Claire's situation changed? And what does accept her into the family mean? Exactly. What? I can't ask a question? No, you can't. This has nothing to do with you. You don't know all the facts about my daughter, so you have no right to comment or even express your opinion. Well, I know enough to be concerned for Dad's sake and for yours, actually. Look at that. He's being selfless. Right. Is it that impossible that I would want to protect the family from outside harm? Says the outsider who's always trying to claw his way back in. You know, you would think that this situation would make you more sympathetic to Claire's cause. I don't know her. I've never even met her. All I know is what she tried to do to Dad and the rest of you back in Oregon. Your concerns have been noted. Move on. Nick, are you seriously okay with this? Are you okay with welcoming a mentally ill felon into the family with open arms? That's enough. All of you? Enough? We're going into this with eyes wide open, one day at a time, meaning there's no reason for this to be contentious. Therefore, it won't be. Victor is your main source of support right now. Why would you not want him to know what is happening? I slipped up, but it was minor. As minor as these things can be. I lied and told them that your mother was calling. I just knew that if I told them it It was me who wouldn't answer. We have nothing left to say to each other. It's over. You're dead to me now. No. No, don't say that. Don't say that. I only have a couple of minutes. But 
You have to listen to me. This is important. There's something you need to understand. What? The new men. They're not good for you. They're going to take you into their world and annihilate you. They don't deserve you. Dad, I, I know that you like to control every outcome. But when you're dealing with unstable, deceitful people, it's a different Yeah, story. yeah, I know you know this. We know. We know. You know, Claire was brave enough to confront Jordan. She cut all ties with her. Did two of them met up since they've been arrested? Nobody thought that that was suspicious? I mean, what if they're planning another escape, Victoria? Cole and I took her to the prison in Oregon, all right? We had a full security detail with us. It's what Claire said she needed to help with her therapy. What'd they talk about? It was a private conversation. You weren't even in the room with them? So you have no idea what they've talked about? Did, did you know about this? Son, I told you I trust your sister's instinct, okay? Tell me you at least have a recording of what they said. Would you stop? We know because Claire told us in no uncertain terms that she's done with Jordan. No more contact, no more conspiracies. Yes, and she would say anything to get you to forgive her, Victoria. Trust me, I know. I've been in Claire's shoes with all of you. So nobody should believe anything you say? Is that it, Adam? gonna prove myself to you with my actions over time Claire only has her words okay we need to approach the situation with a lot less compassion and massive amounts and welcome back to uh, Nathan spotlight my spotlight for tonight you heard a preview a taste of what to expect tomorrow for Genoa City on the end Russless where we're gonna have Jack um, <clears throat> you're gonna have uh, Jack and Nikki uh, talking, you know, Jack sets up to support Nikki, and um, also, um, you know, obviously you heard the scenes between the, the Newmans, of course, Victor, Adam, Nick, Victoria, and of course, Victoria is still being a bitch. I mean, I just don't understand her attitude towards Adam. I understand because of the past and everything, but Victoria has to let go, you know, let go and just move on, you know, because Adam was a part of his family, whether she likes it or not. Same goes for Nick. He has to let go over too, but it looks as if Adam and Nick are at least getting along for Victor's sake. And I do think at some point, Victoria and Adam will move on eventually and be not friendly, but I think uh, more cordial to one another for Victor's sake. And for the family's sake, too. Uh, but I did enjoy, you know, those scenes between Claire and Jordan on the phone. And obviously, this storyline with Aunt Jordan and Claire and Newman's is not over. Uh, you guys expect a lot of hijinks, a lot of drama. Especially when it involves uh, Nikki's AA sponsor, Seth himself, who has acts or grind with the Newman family. So, th there's that, too. And, you know, we had this other storyline where... Uh, between Daniel and Heather, uh, if you guys have not seen yet today, today's episode or the other episode, you know, on Monday, um, Daniel and Heather slept together. And yes, Daniel was being unfaithful behind Lily's back. 
And honestly, I had a feeling that they would go this this route, this direction. I didn't think it would be this soon. Once Lily left uh, Genoa City, I thought maybe they would have more time to prepare. But, you know, for Daniel, I think it's not a good look for him because, you know, Lily does not know anything about this. And uh, I, I think up until she comes back, and I think Devon is going to be the one who's going to expose Daniel, which I do not like because, you know, Number one, this is not any of Devon's business. Number two, you know, he has no right to judge Daniel after everything he's done to Hillary, Neil, Amanda, and so on and so forth. Even his own cousin, Nate. So, you know, I care less about this storyline with Daniel and Heather and their triangles with uh, Christine, Danny, Phyllis. Don't care about that, too. That's just obnoxious and reeks of the grassy high bullshit. But um, that's how I feel about those storylines. So I think with that, we can get into uh, the spoilers for the rest of this week. And these are from uh, zaptuit.com, and soapoperanews.net. So tomorrow, Wednesday, January 22nd, 24, 2024. Victor worries about Nikki's decision making. Abby sets her sights on a new endeavor. Jack steps up to support Nikki. Thursday, January 25th. Divine backs Dale to a quarter. Audra Hot shares a secret with Nate. Chance makes his confession to Billy. Tracy takes a leap of faith rashly. Victoria leans on Nate. And Diane pushes Nikki's button. So that should be a very good scene. And I can I would not be shocked if Jack had ste uh, stepped up and told Diane to knock it off, basically. Uh, and speaking of Jack, you know, not only is he going to be there for Nikki during her crisis with the whole George duration, he's also going to be, uh, you know, entangled with Nikki when it comes to Jordan and her antics. Because uh, there's going to be a lot of explosive explosiveness coming up this February sweeps when a final showdown happens between Nikki and Jordan. And so with that, guys, we're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we're going to get into the bold and the beautiful. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
puppy were good, you're in the living room. Yes, but they can come in here any second, and I don't want my daughter seeing me like this. Like what? Oh, hot, sexy, and brrr. Yeah. You know what? This is my house, right? I'm doing some home maintenance. Yeah, right. You, maintenance. All right, well, that's a fair point. Although I am pretty good with my hands. Well, then use them to help me with buttons. Only if you promise to unbutton them again later. You're too much. Okay. How do we get out of here? Well, let's see. How about, uh, the door? RJ and Luna will never know we were here. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. Thank you. Follow me. Anything can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs for the next anything. And back to the living room. I do. Watch your steps, be careful. Uh, I don't know about you, but I see a lot of nights in our future by that fire pit, yeah? I just can't believe that Wyatt wanted to leave this place. Right? No, I, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of amazing and surprising things that happen here. Starting tonight? Hmm. We're finally alone. We are finally alone. There's nobody here to interrupt us. Well, there's still one room we have to Oh, yeah? CBS Premier Week is almost here. To celebrate the return of your favorite shows and my new show, Tracker, we're sharing exclusive sneak peeks all weekend long. Don't miss CBS Premier Week after Super Bowl 58.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to William Nathan's Stream Podcast, Nathan's Spotlight, My Spotlight. And now we are taking a U-turn toward Los Angeles for the Bone Beautiful for this week. And, you know, honestly, I have to say, I am loving the fact that Don Diamant has, you know, good storytelling once again when it comes to him, Poppy, Luna, RJ, and his entire storyline. Uh, it's been a long time since Don Diamond has had any kind of story, surprisingly. I know that for him, he's been doing things, you know, outside of Bone Beautiful, taking care of himself, his body and stuff. But I have to say, I am a little bit intrigued and impressed with what they're doing with Bill and Poppy. Uh, you know, Poppy is Lee's sister and Luna's mom. And I think we all know that... Um, Luna, I think Luna was going to be Bill's daughter, but I think something may have changed. Maybe Luna's going to be Jack's daughter. We don't know. We're going to find out. But, um, you know, when that reveal does happen, I do think it's going to cause some implications between, you know, Luna still because, you know, Luna is also Finn's cousin. So if Luna is um, Jack's daughter, then that will make Luna... You know, Finn's, uh, you know, stepsister, I think, most of all. And so, on Wednesday's episode, you know, Finn and Lee argued over Luna's true intentions. And it's obvious that Lee does not trust Luna or even Poppy. But I think Lee is like, you know, art, um, is making too much of a big deal about it. She should not be worrying about Poppy and Luna. I mean, they are family to her, but Lee should have her own life. And. I think she should make up with Jack and get back with him if they're not going to put Lee with, with Bill or someone else on the canvas. Uh, because, you know, I just think that Lee is just being a busybody and has nothing better to do. Where for Finn, you know, I think that he just wants to see, you know, Luna happy and not sad and or not depressed or anything like that. Because, you know, Finn sees the, the good in certain people like Luna, for example. I mean, Luna is his family, so of course he's going to take her side. Also, uh, you know, Luna, I think it was at the end of today's episode, uh, it was at today's episode on Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, where Luna was starting to catch her mom and Bill together. Also, uh, Hope gives Thomas a decision about their relationship, and this was on the heels of Hope finding out about Thomas. And the whole um, situation when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, Emma, who died in the uh, who died in the uh, <clears throat> in the incident, the car crash. And so in today's episode of the Bold and the Beautiful, Thomas had visited Hope, and um, you know Hope told Thomas that she didn't forget everything that, that they shared. You know, they flash the walking around Rome together and your fashion preview. And Thomas tells Hope that she's blown him away with her generous spirit and forgiving heart. And the fact that she's still wearing the ring or a necklace gives him hope for their future and makes him feel he may be worthy of her love. And uh, he said that I love you so much and I miss you. I miss touching you and miss holding you and miss kissing you. And with that, they start kissing. So it looks as if Hope is going to forgive Thomas and, you know, still keep him. You know, still be still be with him, so to speak. Uh, but I do think that um, the whole revelation about 
what really happened that night when Emma died is going to come back and haunt them because there are rumors that the actress who plays Emma will be back on the ball and beautiful and will be revealed as she's still alive after all this time. How is she still, still alive? I'm not sure. Willie's not sure. All of us are not sure, but I guess we're going to find out when the time is right. But I, I think Liam, most of all, has something to do with this, if you ask me. That's my speculation. So with that, let's get to the rest of the spoilers for this week for The Bold and The Beautiful. On Wednesday, January 24th, tomorrow, Lee, Luna, and Poppy have a heated disagreement about Bill Spencer. Rich and Eric share a poignant father-son conversation. Thursday, January 25th, 2024, emotions get heated when Lee makes the accusation against Poppy. RJ plants a thought into Luna's head about her mom's past with Bill. Friday, January 26th, 2024, Poppy reminisces about the unforgettable night she and Bill met. And Smitten and Bill repress for another magical night with Poppy. So with that, guys, we're going to take a, another brief pause. When we come back, we are going to get into our final soap opera, The Days of Our Lives, and everything that's been going on recently in Sam. So with that, guys, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a brief pause and a brief word from our messages. Maybe you already knew. So you take this to the bedroom? I think you're in love. What the hell? These are the last feelings for Brady. Brady is so charming. Nothing like my lying, cheating ex. I have uh, a confession. me your skin this acne craves a powerful cleanse new CeraVe acne wash treats with max strength benzoyl peroxide CeraVe with three essential ceramides doesn't disrupt my barrier we can treat and finally feel comfortable new CeraVe acne wash And welcome back to Williams the Stream Podcast in the Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight. And now we are in uh, Salem Territory for the Days of Our Lives. And uh, this week on uh, Days of Our Lives, you know, we have, um, and we find out about uh, Paulina's condition um, where. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, 
And so basically, uh, when it comes to Paulina, you know, she panicked over her cancer diagnosis. Um, and, you know, she does not feel as if she doesn't have that much time left. She had support from Paulina and Chanel. Not, not Paulina, but Abe and Chanel. Also, Ava has seen PR help from Stephanie. Stefan requested a favor from Chad, causing uh, the pleasure for Everett. Sarah and Xander settled in as roommates. Harris made an unexpected visit to Clyde, where the two of them discussed what was going on when it comes to the issue of the drugs. Uh, Alex witnessed uh, Tracer and Brady sharing a kiss, which should not be a shock to Alex because Tracer and Brady have a long history with one another. And so I can see why Alex would feel uh, very threatened when it comes to Trace and Bray's history. Maggie confronts Steve with Constantine, and they apologize to Marlena for Sloan's behavior. Now let's go to the uh, spoilers for uh, next week, or for the rest of this week and next week, because there's spoilers for the week of January 29th. So let's get into that. <clears throat> Tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday, January 24th, Bray meets with Kirsten and Richard for a makeup date. Harris provides Rafe and Jay with a side support on Clyde and Lucas. Teresa packs to leave Sam as Alice tries to persuade her to stay. Eric shocks Sloan when he discloses Leo's impending visit. Thursday, January 25th, Johnny and Chanel offer their support and comfort to Paulina. Stephanie works with Tripp and Wendy on a scavenger hunt. Everett threatens to quit if Chad continues to protect his family. Rafe and Harris question Ava and Stefan about their involvement in drugs ring, in Clyde's drug ring. Friday, January 26th, Janice tells Stephanie and Rafe about her ex-husband. Everett prepares to make a confession. Teresa tries to dodge a meeting with Kayla, and Sarah and Xander grow closer. Now let's go to the spoilers for the week of January 29th that we have so far, because I don't think they have all the spoilers as of yet. <clears throat> So these spoilers are from buzzrayradio.com. Uh, Marlena enlists Steve's help and ever sensing John is in trouble. Roman stands by Kate's side as she worries about Lucas' safety. Steve tell, tells Kayla his concerns regarding Constantine. Chad is asked to be Johnny's best man. A work mishap can be fixed by Alice, but Kimberly comes to Teresa's aid. Marlena and John's quiet night is, is interrupted by Brady and Teresa. Uh, also, <clears throat> this is for us from SoapHub.com. On Monday, January 29th, Melinda sends John's in trouble and asks Steve for help. Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, Leo catches Stephanie leaving Everett's room. Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, Paulina and Chanel start on winning plans. Harris and Jay celebrate a successful, successful drug bust. Thursday, February 1st, 2024, when stuck, Lucas takes a chance by summoning Chad and Everett for an interview. Friday, February 2nd, 2024, Stefan and Emma find themselves sexually frustrated. And that's the beginning of Stefan and Eva, I think, getting it on. And, you know, just in time, I guess, for Gabby to make her return at some point during this year. Because uh, me and Willie have heard that she's going to mix it up with EJ. And so that's going to make Stefan even more jealous. So... That should be something to look forward to. But that's all the spoilers for the rest of uh, January 29th for that week. I'm sure the, the full spoilers for that week will be out. But with that, guys, let's take a, another quick pause. When we come back, 
we will get into our exclusive movie review for uh, this certain movie that came uh, from Netflix. This one features Kevin Hart and um, features Kevin Hart and it is called Lift. So stay tuned guys, we'll be right back. Aesthetics are an important part of how I work. My name is Marisol Ortega. I do contemporary women's wear. Having a desk and chair that are white, it just allows me to be able to sit and have a blank space and to put colors on. It just becomes like a backdrop for my thinking. My ergonomic desk from Office Depot has been great. Being able to stand and sketch has been really helpful. I can't function without having some place that is just only my work. Welcome back to Williams Stream Podcasting Spotlight, my spotlight, and now we are in our exclusive movie review of the movie Lift, the 2024 American heist comedy film directed by F. Gary Gray, written by Daniel Kakunga. The film stars Kevin Hart, also served as a producer, Guru Martha Ra, Vincent D'Orfario, Ursula Corbero, Billy Madison, Jacob Boston, Jean Reno, and Sam Worthington, and this was a very, uh, very fun movie, a very impressive movie, because, you know, when it comes to someone like Kevin Hart, I know that he has his fans, he has his haters, his enemies, and whoever, but Kevin Hart is a very good comedian and a very good actor, whether you like him or not, and this film shows not just the funny side of Kevin Hart, but also the serious side of Kevin Hart's acting when it comes to his character, uh, Cyrus, who was a renowned thief and leader of the heist crew, uh, and so, you know, uh, you know, during this movie, you see a lot of you know ups and downs during the film overall. 
Um, but, you know, this was a very, uh, very good movie for streaming. And I do think that, you know, the story is kind of a little bit, <clears throat> maybe a little bit all over the place during different parts of it. But I think this is a movie that people should enjoy and check it out. This has been released on Netflix. And so far, um, you know, it's been doing very well. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people may be sick and tired of heist movies, you know, when it comes to this current day and age. This is one where I think a lot of people are going to be impressed with it. And, you know, the action scenes, the graphics, the design, the art is just remarkably well done. And, you know, shout out goes to the producers and Kevin Hart <clears throat> for doing that. Um, out of all the people in the cast, Kevin Hart, Gwen Martha Raw, Vincent D'Orforio, Lucerla Carrell, Billy Madison, Jacob Balson, Gene Reno, and Sam Worthington. I gotta give uh, my, uh, I gotta tip my hat off to Billy Madison. I mean, he was very good, and the scenes he has with Kevin Hart is just gold. They're hilarious, they're funny. So check that out too. Uh, I always loved Billy Madison ever since the days of As the World Turns when he played Casey Hughes, which I thought he did a very good job of playing. And, um, you know, I do think that he's a very underrated actor who does not deserve a lot of credit. He's been in a lot of films, um, including, for example, The Many Saints of Newark, where he plays um, Tony Soprano's uh, friend, Pauly Walnuts. And <clears throat> he, he was a very good bad guy. You know, bad, funny guy and in that uh, movie, The Many Saints of Newark. Check that out, too. But yes, Billy Madison did great as well. Um, uh, Google Martha Raw as Abby as the Interpol agent. I liked her as well too, and <clears throat> and the chemistry between uh, him and Kevin Hart was very um, organic. So there's that too. Sam Worthington did a fine job as Huxley, Abby's boss, at Interpol. Vincent DeForio has done an inside man, master of disguise, and member of Cyrus's crew. Love Vincent DeForio and his role as Kingpin for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And also him on the other Law and Order uh, TV show, way back, way back, uh, back then before it was uh, canceled. Yusilo uh, Cabrero, very lovely woman, and uh, love her role as Camila, a pilot member of Cyrus's crew. Uh, Kim Yoon Jin as Min Sun, a hacker member of Cyrus's crew, didn't mind her that at all. Uh, Vivek uh, Carla, Luke engineer, as member of Cyrus's crew. Gene Reno as Jordison, a banker and terrorist mastermind who is target of the crew's heist. Uh, Jacob Bolton, a NNF, NFT artist. Bern Gorman as Cormac, Jordison's lead henchman. Paul Anderson as Dono, a henchman of uh, Jordison. David Proud as Harry, the crew's contract air, at Air Travel Control. Jess Leoden as Arthur Tiago, Interpol's mole inside Jordison's organization. Uh, the cast and crew did a phenomenal job, and me and Willie, me and Willie uh, recommend check, recommend all you guys check out this uh, film that was released January 12, 2024. It was supposed to be originally scheduled to be released on August 25th, 2023, however, it was postponed as a result of the 2023 SAG after strike in the United States. So make sure you guys check it out. And uh, let's take a, oh yeah, also, um, how many popcorns should I give this film? I'll give this one uh, 4.5 popcorns out of 5 for the movie Lift featuring Kevin Hart 
and the cast and crew of that movie. When we come back, we're going to get into a couple more uh, stuff I wanted to talk about and get into before we wrap up this show tonight. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. This podcast was brought to us and was brought to us by tonight for for Molly Spoon and Hello Fresh. Communicate in English easily. Use Grammarly and feel confident with effective communication. Grammarly ensures you communicate clearly with fluency suggestions tailored specifically for you. See why 98% of multilingual speakers using Grammarly report that it helps them write in English fluently. You can also accelerate your productivity by using Grammarly to quickly compose and reply in your own voice. Download for free at Grammarly.com. Oi, my name is Gijs. Bonjour, je m'appelle Christine. Mon nom est Iguatemi. Yes, and Julia. My name is Rebecca. I'm Lizana. I'm Ber Aravin. Me chiamo Giorgia. I'm Lena. And I've been working at Marley Spoon for about two and a half years. What Marley Spoon does is we provide a meal kit delivery service. Offering a selection of different recipes for people to choose from our website and then we ship the fresh ingredients to their doorstep. We take away all the hassle around cooking so people can actually enjoy the pleasure of cooking. What makes me excited about working in Marley Spoon is the freedom I have. A lot of autonomy. But also having that space to fail and to try again. The company culture here, it's very social. It's very open, it's very friendly. All different ages, people have all different interests, but then one thing that everybody is passionate about is food. That's one of the reasons I chose to join Marley Spoon. I always thought I'm a bad cook. Since I joined, that changed. I'm even competing with my mom. Guess what, I'm winning. We have the kitchen in-house, meaning that our culinary team cooks the dishes here. There's food to test, to eat, to try. Which is great, because I like to have my second lunch once in a while. I feel a part of the creative process. We have a big diversity of people working here. Portuguese. Argentinian. United States, of course. Canada. China. Morocco. I think you are from Australia, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's no day that goes by without learning something from a different perspective, a different culture, a different country. Marispoon is really giving you all the tools to grow. We have a good focus on developing people, both from a, a learning and personal development standpoint, but also from a, a career growth and opportunity standpoint. People here actually care about you and they want you to be better at what you do. What I really like about my job at Marley Spoon is that I'm constantly collaborating with other departments. And that's what keeps it also really interesting because you're always learning about what others are doing. We work very hard in this company, but people do like to play hard too. We always celebrate different country days and everyone kind of comes together to understand what this day is about. Another great event is the Pop Quiz, which is a show everyone in the company loves it. TGIF, that's a weekly meeting we have every Friday. All the officers get together at the same time and we go over how the week was, how we're doing as a company. The focus on sustainability is growing with every single day as we go on. So much so that back in September we went all together as a group to the global climate strike here in Berlin to kind of represent what we believe in. There's a lot of events like this happening in Mali's one all the time. 
What I really love about this place is people really, really, really believe in the product. There is a generally a sense of community and people are there for each other. And we have so many dogs in the office, which I love because you can hit cuddles. If you have a dog, please apply. Yeah. And welcome back to uh, Williams' stream podcast in Spotlight, my spotlight for tonight. And before we wrap up tonight's show, in remembrance, we have lost um, three actors uh, the past couple of days. Uh, first off, Star Trek's own Gary Graham, from the original Star Trek, um, was there at 73 years old. Port Charles star, David Gale's official cause of death, uh, revealed he died at the age of 58 um, a couple days ago. And uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, he died of complications from his sudden cardiac arrest. Also, um, Charles Osgood, longtime CBS Sunday Morning host, dead in 91. Rest in peace to all of them. But also, uh, we remember someone who um, was very well known who lost his life, and that was Heath Ledger. Uh, Heath Ledger, for those who did not know, played the role of of the uh, of the Joker in the Dark Knight or in the Batman series. And today we take a moment to remember the life and work of Heath Ledger, who was born in 1939 and passed away in 2008. He was a part of so many movies such as Joe Blow, um, Candy, 10 Things I Hate About You, Brokeback Mountain, and The Dark Knight. His legacy will never be forgotten. Uh, so here's anything else here. I forgot the cover. Mm. Also, Lick and Laura will, will begin uh, production for season 3 with Neve Campbell returning the cast. So there's that. Also here. Also, if you guys want to check out um, uh, Willie's uh, fan fiction, uh, Oakdale University, as well as trying to spin off fanfic book, Party Will, Midnight Edition that was posted uh, today, uh, the 23rd of January 2024, right here on Tuesday. Uh, you guys would go to uh, the website. Uh, let's see here. Guys can go to Arthur's Day Media Gazette dot com uh, to see the uh, see the uh, recent uh, updated uh, version for the fanfic, and this is dedicated to as the world turns as a whole as a soap opera, a soap opera that me, Willie, I'm sure many of you miss uh, so badly, and so uh, Willie does a lot of great work with this, and for uh, today's um, updated. Update for Oakdale University as well turns spin off fanfic book three. Barbara Ryan goes missing. Halloween week continues. And this is dedicated to as well turns. So do not miss out on Oakdale University. And also here. Also coming up, Britney Spears movie Crossroads will be hitting Netflix and will be available streaming for streaming for the very uh, first time uh, February 15th, the streamer announced. 
the movie premiered on the same day in 2002 while Spears was fresh off the success of Oops, I Did It Again and Maybe One More Time had become the most commercially successful teenage music artist of all time. And so if you guys want to check out that, make sure check out Britney Spears' movie Crossroads. It'll be part of Netflix on February 15th, 2024. And last but not least, Colleen Zenk will visit the Michael Furman channel for a live chat. Uh, <clears throat> that'll be coming up uh, very soon. As says here on MichaelFermanTV.com, Neon Rossus has been weaving a frightening, can't take your eyes off of it, tale that at its epicenter is daytime veteran Colleen Zenk in the role of the evil Aunt Jordan. Since making a surprise turn itself to debuting in the role of Reinhardt back in mid-November 2023, Jordan has literally destroyed the severity of Nicky Newman and continues to torment her. In addition, Jordan is trying to bring down the Newman family in her extreme vendetta while attempting to keep control of the daughter she raised in Claire while Jordan has landed in the slammer. Just what is her plan to get out? Stay tuned. Zeg is a three-time Daytime Emmy nominee and is beloved for a role as well Ryan on As The World Turns. I brought you play for 32 years up through the series finale in 2010. Throughout its run, Barbara went from good girl to very bad girl to somewhere in between. Warner EP and head writer Josh Griffith at one time went for Zenk as Azawal turns Barbara, and when the whole cast, when the casting of the role of Ryan Oz Jordan came to pass, he remembered her work, and the rest is now Genoa City history. Now Colleen will visit YouTube's Michael Furman channel for a live stream conversation on Wednesday, January 24th, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. So that's tomorrow. This is your chance to also ask Colleen some questions, and we will do our best to get some of them live. So make sure you guys check out that. <clears throat> make sure you check out the uh, interview tomorrow on Michael Fermer's channel. And with that being said, guys, that will do it for tonight's Spotlight Podcast. Uh, for those who do not know, um, next week there will be... Let's see here. I think next week there's going to be no uh, Spotlight Podcast. So let me just double check to be sure. here yeah so uh january 30th 2024 we'll be taking a hiatus february 6 2024 tuesday show that's when we'll be back and then february 10th 2024 soap night hosted by yours truly nathan banks himself that will be when I will host Soap Night for the first time ever, so I'm looking forward to um, that um, happening on the weekend for February 10th, 2024. So with that, guys, this is Nathan signing off. Thank you guys for listening tonight on the Spotlight. You guys, if you guys want to reach out to us on Twitter, you guys go to Willie at WillisUPW. Again, that's at WillisUPW on Twitter. And for me... I guess reach out to me on Twitter from uh, Twitter slash X at MoneyMac101. Again, it's at MoneyMac101. Uh, the symbol at capital M O N E Y M E C numbers 101. Nathan Banks line J Sam number four ever. E V E R. And uh, with that, guys, uh, that will do it. Um, I'm not sure we're going to do a weekend edition of our podcast, but if not, then I'll see you guys again. Um, let's see, uh, February, February sixth, twenty twenty four, for the Tuesday show, the Spotlight. 
or a, a special show featuring me and Willie. And uh, with that, guys, take care. Enjoy the rest of your night, evening, uh, day, morning, afternoon, whenever and wherever you listen to this podcast from for this for this evening. Uh, spread the good word. And again, thank you guys for listening to the show tonight. We'll see you guys again very, very soon. Um, and uh, take care, everyone. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Stop being boring. We'll be right back. Very boring browsers. time you don't have! bullshit in the world. Emails, schedule, using a boring browser. It all deserves to die. It's gonna bury boring. You're either with me or against me. Very boring browsers. Number two. Choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. She 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller, baby. And the thing about your boy is, I don't like no whips and chains, and you can't tie me down. But you can whip your loving on me. That's right, that's right, whip your loving on me. Young J A C K A K A Rico like Suave, Young Enrique speaking at A K A. She's an alpha, but not around your boy. She get quiet around your boy. Hold on, don't know what you heard or what you thought about your boy, but they lied about your boy. Going dumb and it's some idiotic about your boy. She wearing cheetah print. That's how bad she won't be spotted around your boy. I don't like no whips and chains, you can't tie me down, but you can whip your loving on me, baby. Whip your loving on me.
I'm vanilla baby, I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer baby. She 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller baby. And the thing about your boy is, I don't need no whips and chains, and you can't tie me down. But you can whip your loving on me, baby. Whip your loving on me. Young M I S S I O N A R Y. He's sharp like barbed wire. She stole my heart, then she got archived. I keep it short with a bitch, Lord Farquhar. All the girls in the front row. All the girls at the barricade. All the girls have been waiting all day. Let your tongue hang out. Fuck everything. If you came with a man, let go of his hand. Everybody in the suite kicking up their feet. Stand up, bitch, dance. And all the guys in the back waiting on the next track. Cut your boy a little slack. It's young Jack. I'm vanilla baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer baby. She 28, telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skiller baby. And the thing about your boy is I don't like no whips and chains, and you can't tie me down. But you can whip your loving on me. That's right, that's right. Whip your loving on me.